Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you had a great week. I know mine has been pretty cool. We actually got some decent rain. It's been really nice to get some rain. Plus the weather has been a little bit cooler, though we did have a couple of warm days, but otherwise it's been pretty good. Um, one of the things that I wanted to share with you guys is that I'm, I'm kind of working on my way of doing like a free website right now for the church, not for us guys here, but for my church that I'm trying to plant. With the idea, or at least the expectation, to actually try to record myself, because um, I got myself like a like a Pixel Five, I think I think is what I got, and I'm going to be using it as the camera. And then um, I got in, I got I forget what they're called, like Laviers or whatever they're called, where there it's like a wireless connection to that I can put in my shirt. And I'm hoping to get that to work so that I can actually maybe record myself outside talking, you know, or walking and being able to kind of share with you guys some thoughts. So in a sense for the church, but I also have been considering maybe once in a while doing something for you guys for warrior within and putting it on Facebook um, or maybe even create a YouTube. I don't know. So don't, don't take my word jumping onto that, but it's just an idea that, you know, God's been kind of placing in my heart to kind of get going to do, but mostly is for it to help the church because there's people I'm, I'm kind of starting to meet and I just want to give them an opportunity to be able to kind of find a connection somehow. Anyway, so, you know, we've been talking about changing mind series and last week we talked about love is love or it's not just love. And the idea was to get you guys to understand that there is ideology that's getting thrown out at you on a daily basis. We hear mostly from the culture. We hear, you know, like whether you listen, watch Hallmark movies or regular movies, streaming, like it's just the ideology that's getting thrown in, into you, thrust into you. Plus with a certain group that actually focuses on that as their like icon for what they believe um, that is also getting into the schools, getting into, you know, organiz other organizations. I mean, other churches are being more acceptable, acceptive of them. And so now you have this kind of push words. This week is the phrase that I do hear a lot, but it is you have to understand the meaning behind what those people mean. And I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, come as you are. You know, a lot of churches have been really using this theme phrasing. Now, to be honest with you, come as you are, from my perspective, is you come as you are, right? You come into the church, you might be part of the church, but there is more to it. You see, this phrase became very popular during the emergent church movement, which is the early 2000s, you know, time with uh you know we saw like mark driscoll fall into it and many pastors that kind of jumped into this and you know like i've told you before many of these so-called emergent church leaders said you know yes our so-called movement might be gone but we're still among you and the idea is that that means that they have been teaching for quite a while now because we're talking about 2005 and we're almost 20 years from there it doesn't take long to start changing ideology and thinking and changing the mind of how people see things if you use the wordage correctly in a way that can and like in like can take what we know as our biblical foundation right and just reword it just enough where you're just like oh yeah i kind of like this 
Now, the come as you are concept was to take people wherever they were. So wh whatever sins they were in, whatever struggles they were in, whether they're, um, you know, having a hard time, whatever it may be. Like the idea behind that is a very godly one. I will say straight up, very godly. Because we are supposed to take people for where they're at. There, there's nothing wrong in taking that perspective about any of this. Now, we go to Jude, and I know like a lot of people, it does say like Jude 1 and then whatever the verse is, right? But the, the truth is, we go to Jude, go to verse 4. It says, for some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only master and Lord. Now, What's interesting about this phrasing that Jude wrote is that we read that and we look at things going on today and we go, well, technically we don't see, see it this way. They're not denying Jesus Christ, but the truth is you got to ask yourself, if I were to come to you and I were to tell you that I am the master at algebra and whatever you gave me, you know, I was able to prove how well how good I was at algebra and you're like oh that's great but then someone else comes in and starts saying well there's this other form of algebra that is just amazing and then you guys look to me and say yeah but you know he says this is the right way to do algebra and this other person says, oh no but this is the other way you know this is another way so now the question is are they serving the same Jesus by giving you a different perspective that isn't ground marked scripture. Now, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but the idea is the imagery that they're using because the Bible tells us straightforward what we're supposed to be as Christians. It tells us what is sin, tells us what we should, should not do in situations. It even gives us examples of how to lead the family, how to love our wives, how to care for our children. There is so much that we can glean from the scriptures, let alone if you go deeper study into the early church, there's things that you can learn from former theologians, what they have studied, right? And then you go all the way to 2020, 2022, and the current state is, you know, activism, um, wokeism, progressive thinking, um, spiritualism. Because remember, I told you New Age is very much kind of getting encumbered. So the question is, who who are they defining as Jesus Christ? Right? See, gotta think about that. So, you know, we read once again, this is turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our, our only master and Lord. He's basically implying that they're basically creating another gospel message or another perspective of, of their version of Jesus Christ, right? So going back to the concept of come as you are, the question you got to ask yourself, are we supposed to be welcoming to anybody who comes into the church? And the answer is, of course. Now, here's the key thing. Should they be in leadership? You see, the one thing that I've learned throughout my years, and this is even with, like, if you know anything about military, 
is spy who enters into the fold, right? If you have a spy among you, you know that that spy is going to do things to disrupt, get information, whatever it may be, assassinate, to destroy the opposition, right? We know in scripture, especially in the New Testament and Paul's mention, that wolves are going to come in and they're going to be among the sheep and they're going to create problems. We know that false teachers are going to come from the fold who denied Christ. You see, the thing is, the wording of denying Jesus Christ, meaning is that they have focused on their power or their desire of what they think the so-called theology means. So even though they may be using scripture and, and they may sound great and they have this charismatic attitude towards you and, and towards this Jesus that they have created towards the scriptures, because you can easily take the scriptures and use it for what you think you possibly mean. Which is why people in pastorship or church leaders are held to a higher standard according to James 1, 3, 1. It tells you that they are going to be held to a higher standard. This is why it's very important for you as members, uh, you know, men, you as members in your church, you should know your scriptures because you got to keep those leaders in accountability, which is why the other problem is eventually, I think we're going to probably do a uh, podcast on this, but the anointing of these pastors, according to a lot of people today have really made it to be where like pastors can't do wrong. It's like they've been given this extra aura about them that anything they say is almost as equal to scripture. This, however, is not a biblical perspective. So we see that come as you are has become a preface, a preface to progressive movements, ideal plan for the church. And like I've mentioned the Hillsong uh, documentary that I believe on discovery had made the comment or had those people come and witness, I guess you could say witness about what they experienced. There was people there that were not Christian. You can tell and who were living in sin, who came into Hillsong's church in New York city, not to find Jesus, but to find a community connection. And one of the things about the emergent church that they were really good at was building community. You see, the word come as you are is a pull-in, right? It's to get you to come be part of something. And today's church is one of the things we've kind of been noticing. It just feels like it's more of a show. Like, hey, come join this amazing group. Come join this family of people who just love each other. Come to this place where you will be accepted where you're at. There's tolerance here. It's okay. You know, even if you are living with your girlfriend and having sex with her and not have no plans to get married, that's okay. You guys come because this is a place where you can find that love and connection and community that you could build with. Or, hey, you know, just because, you know, you have a different lifestyle than what the Bible teaches, that's okay because God loves you just the way you are. And this is why it's also being more accepted or I'm born this way. 
I was born that way. I was born that way. Because if you are being love is love, and now you're also come as you are as the next stage for acceptance, the idea of tolerance is more acceptable. Because there was a time where, like, because I talk about postmodernism, postmodernism is when opinions became just as valuable as facts. So it didn't matter if you gave an actual absolute fact, my opinion still has power over that fact because you got to be more modern. You got to be more updated. And that was always the excuse towards the church. Oh, well, your, your church is just so, you know, dusty and, and old and, and they think old. I mean, they, they just do old things and that's the old way. You know, they, the emphasis is always on that's the old idea. You need to catch up and do new things. Now I am for any church that wants to build their community, wants to reach out to people, wants to connect, because that's what I want to do. Question you got to ask yourself, are they teaching the gospel from the scriptures? Are they teaching that sin is wrong? Are they teaching that a man should be loving his wife unconditionally? Are they teaching that even the answer is should not be divorce first. The answer should be reconciliation. Now, mind you, this is not based on the fact that you're being abused, attacked, hurt, or going through some type of worse scenario. I'm talking about just the excuse that, oh, I fell out of love with him, or, you know, she doesn't make enough money, or she doesn't bring enough to the table. And, like, and, and it's because you want to chase someone else, or you want to go after someone else, or you want to be single again. Those are not reason for divorce. Okay, I want to be clear on that. But like, you know, yeah, I'm a drinker and I, I love to drink and there's nothing wrong with drinking. And yeah, sometimes I get drunk. See, the thing is, we don't talk about certain things anymore like we should. I'm all for it. If you want to have a drink, go for it. Should you be getting drunk? No. Should you be putting yourself in a situation where you're alone with a woman that's not your wife and getting drunk with her? No. Vice versa for you women. You see, there is parts of scripture that are absolutes for a reason because there, God knows the consequences. He knows what sin does to you. He knows what sin will do if you don't know his son. You see, this is the battle that you need to be paying attention about around us. Because if you don't pay attention, we're going to have issues. Now, if we go to uh, John 6, it states this. The spirit is the one. Oh, sorry. John 6, verse 63, or 66, so that you know where I'm going. The spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning, this is in parentheses, beginning those who did not believe and the ones who would betray him. He said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. From the moment many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompany him. You see, there's going to be a change in someone who's coming to want to know who Jesus is. Those people that are, that have no longer accompanied him, 
are what's kind of happening today. Because when a church starts preaching the gospel message, you're going to start seeing people leave the church or Christian community or group that you're a part of because that sounds mean. That doesn't sound very loving. That's really harsh. And now there's a difference between telling people as a pastor or someone in leadership teaching about sin versus just shaming people and attacking people. So in reverse role, you should not be going and knocking on those people who have different lifestyle as you attacking their sin. You should not be going to people who are drunk and attacking them. You should not be going to people who are with their girlfriend and not married and sleeping with them and attacking them. In fact, what you should be doing is discipling them. If they are willing to listen and they're willing to want Jesus to change them, then they will be changed. If they still, after hearing the gospel message and knowing what they're doing is wrong, is still accepting their like they're still accepting their lifestyle is okay then you gotta let them go you gotta let them go into that sin and they should not be in your leadership and they should not be people that you should be looking to no matter how good of a person they appear to be it's still wrong this is why it's very hard sometimes for some churches to find people in leadership because a lot of people don't necessarily walk on the path that they should be. Now there should be a bit of grace and there should be a little bit of compassion and love towards people. Right? That's one of the come as you are concepts. Well, you're, if you don't accept people where they're at, then you're not being loving. No, it's being less loving when you don't tell them what they're doing is wrong. And I don't mean publicly shaming people. I think going confronting them straight up and if they if they still don't deal with the problem then you have to bring them you know for the leadership and if that, that still doesn't work then eventually you do might have to get people out because even paul told corinthian church hey you know um there's a guy here he's sleeping with his father's uh wife who is his stepmom and you guys are like excited about it and he's like no 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 you guys are supposed to confront them if they don't repent then you kick him out for a time well he told him kick him out and then it was like a later letter he's like okay now you can bring him back because they've repented see the idea is the goal is for grace so if no one's if there's people in your church who are causing issue because they're living in sin and you're just accepting them where they're at that's not going to be good for your church but at the same time we're not supposed to go to attacking people in the process. That's the problem with the come as you are concept is that they, they actually focus on that as like just accepting people wherever they're at, because in their mind, sometimes they're thinking, well, as long as they're in front of the preaching, you know, maybe they'll change, but then they start putting them in positions and opportunities and getting them involved in the church as if they're living a life that's righteous and upright and with good integrity. That's the part I want you guys to kind of think about as we go to the next second half of this episode. See you right after.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, welcome back to the second half of the episode. And we've been talking about the come as you are concept. Now I want to start off by reading first John three, starting with one, it says, see what great love the father has given us that we should be called God's children. And we are The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, he will be we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Verse 4, everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins, and there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. So the idea of the second half of this episode is you got to understand there's going to be times that you and I are going to backslide. We are going to have struggles. We're going to have times where we're going to make bad decisions. Now, the cool part about reading this, this part of the verses is that we understand that we're God's children. And just like a father has to discipline his child mothers discipline his child their child right we know there's still love behind that and so chastising or discipline of someone by giving them a consequence or you know getting sent to your room for a little bit the idea behind that is that there is a known wrong and as a parent i could go and confront child and say, child, this is what you've done to disobey me or broken a rule. And so therefore, here is the consequence for that action. So knowing this, if you read verse four, you understand that the practice of lawlessness, we know that laws are created and that there is a consequence for breaking. Speeding, cop pulls you over, you get ticket, go to court or you pay ticket. These are the consequences, correct? So as we know, even if we are saved and we go and make a sinful response, there is a negative response to us. So you're saved and walking with the Lord, but doing great. And then suddenly you go and just have a cussing fit and you just cuss left and right. And you, you're upset, you're hurt, whatever it may be. There's a consequence for that. You reacted. People may heard you. People may be, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe that so and so did that. So there is going to be some mistrust, misunderstanding. You know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of parts to this that could possibly happen, right? 
plus in you there there's trash in your heart a little bit because you did cuss out and that means there's something else in there anxiety hurt frustrations past that may still be around that you haven't dealt with you just getting upset and reacting in your flesh it's just something to think about as you think about as you struggle in this this is why the come as you are concept doesn't really work in the way that the progressive movement creates it to be you need to understand that if i were to say to you come as you are you come as you are but you're going to hear the gospel message going to hear that hey the sin is wrong you're going to have me if i notice that, hey you're not living a lifestyle that's pleasing to god maybe you should think about it you know here's some scripture if you want to talk about it but this is not biblically correct. And if you were to say, no, I, this is how I've always been, blah, blah, blah. Then you are now disobedient, being disobedient or lawlessness towards God. And then it says right after, you know that he was revealed so that he, oops, sorry, excuse me. No, yeah, that's the right one. Right. So verse five says, you know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins. We know that Jesus took it away. And he goes, and there is no sin in him, right? Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. There is going to be that moment where you're going to be like, well, you know, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it. Because that flesh and spirit battle is there. It's always going to be there. So here's a, a few verses that kind of came to mind. So Galatians 2.20, okay? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the, live in the body, I live by faith in, his son, in the Son of God, <coughs> who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. In Colossians 3.10 States, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So, there is a change that is happening in our life, correct? There is a renewal that's coming through. Because the old way that we once had through Jesus Christ has been cleansed and removed that we don't have to be enslaved to. Now, we've talked about that several times where we have mentioned the, the, the concept that sin equals slavery. Right? We've used that phrase. And so now we sit here and we go, oh, that's really cool. Because now that we are no longer practiced in slavery slavery of sin we can go back to um like john 8 34 even you know states truly truly i say to you everyone who practices sin is a slave to it okay um, we go to romans 6 16 do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves you are slaves of the one whom you obey either sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness 
Got it. Romans 6.6. 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. You see the, you see the connection of these verses? That, that's the whole point. You see, the come as you are also means, hey, this is what Jesus did for you. He died for you. And he can change you. Now, the question is, are you willing? The question is also, what sin are you, have you been practicing that you haven't dealt with? Because I could tell you this, if you are in active sin, it's going to affect you. Your, your marriage, relationships, job, whatever it may be, it's going to affect you. You're also not going to be in obedience with God, so therefore you're not getting the full fruits that you could be getting from walking with the Lord. Because you remember 1 John 3, it states, everyone who remains in him does not sin. It does not mean you will never sin. It just means if you are focusing on Christ you're, and you're studying his word, you're spending time, you know, in prayer, you, you're you're wanting to walk upright. You're trying to be a man of integrity. You're going to see that, and you're not going to have a desire to sin as you did before when you didn't know Christ, because you have the Holy Spirit for one. But it's also because you're spending time with God, and now you're being trained and discipled. Plus, if you're with other believers who are also like wanting to grow too. A group of men that wanting to grow together and you're praying for each other and you're encouraging one another you can get out of the guck of what sin has done to you and get into the track of righteousness so it's saddening when you go to these churches and they say oh come as you are but then you hear these people who are living in filth of slavery to sin standing there praising Jesus and being excited because come as you are love is love and Jesus loves you God is not about judging and it's like no 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 God already judged this world this is why you need to teach them hey what you're doing is wrong if you're thinking that living this life the way that you've been living is okay it isn't because Christ is not happy with that it's the same for all of you guys that are listening right now. There may be sins that you are battling or haven't tried to battle for to stop. And this is your opportunity to be able to do it right now. You could get down on your knees and ask Christ for forgiveness for one, but two, help me defeat this sin somehow. Bring in the right men. Help me get into a church that can help me. Help me to find the people that I can surround myself as godly men or, you know, even if it's, you know, girls too, you know, it doesn't have to be just guys, but the friendships make a huge difference. I've noticed when you are connected to people who have no desire to follow God, you will start acting like them. When you start hanging around people who love Jesus and who want to see you grow in Christ, you will start acting acting like them because the influence of what's around us does have a factor in how we walk which is why the church should be the center of that system 
being in fellowship with other believers who are speaking in truth and walking in truth and doing what they're supposed to do is going to have a huge impact. That's why most of the time when people go to church, they feel good after they leave and they feel rejuvenated and energized and they're excited about what they've learned. Then as soon as they get home, suddenly like they don't have that there. So it's, it's, little less and then monday is, is even more or less and then suddenly like tuesday you've already forgotten about this the sermon and you're kind of just gone right back to the old way hanging out with the bad crowd listening to the raunchy music watching shows that you shouldn't be watching that have sex and and nudity and just are pushing ideology that you are like loving praising authoritative Hollywood people because you just love them even though they're talking about things like abortion and hating on churches and destroying your rights in any way possible it, in, you know religious rights as a Christian but you, you know they're still a wonderful person you see the influence starts happening you could see it we've seen it in our kids when they play games or they're part of sports or they idolize people like LeBron James and who doesn't care for people like he says he does in the way that he should and he shows it by how he treats his teammates. You know, we used to desire looking for good leaders. We used to desire to look for men that taught us to be men. We used to have this desire to see change in people. now we have a lot of men who have been sitting back and just allowing this different world thinking to be okay. Or we stay quiet and don't say anything. Because who's going to listen to me? Your church leaders should be paying attention to the sins that are going on and should be not accepting it because we need to just love on people. That's not the answer. Someone who has a different lifestyle as mine towards marriage, they are more than welcome to come sit in my church. They are more than welcome to praise Jesus' name, but I am going to be preaching against that lifestyle. It's not going to be okayed. And if they have a problem with it, they have two choices. They can talk to me about it, or they can go to a church that would be more accepting of them. But I can tell you is that church that's accepting them is not doing them any favors. Because I can do it in love. I can love that person like crazy. But I am I am not going to support them. You won't be seeing me going down to the parades with them. You would not see me uh, helping them be accepted. That's That's not what I'm going to do. Will I support them in the sense of seeing them grow in Christ? Because I'm going to keep telling them, hey, until you can change, God's not going to be able to use you. Yes. And that goes with any of the sins. Now, we always talk about that one, but, you know, fornication. We have adulterers. We have 
people who are stuck in sexual sins and we have people who are drinking till they're drunk. We have people that are doing drugs. We have people who go home and curse like a sailor, but at church they're like innocent lambs and they don't do anything. That's the one thing I've always seen over and over again, even though they hear God's word, even if they go to a good church, the thing that I don't see is them changing their life when they go home. This is why I said there's that mentality where, you know, you go to church, you feel good and you have like, it's like, oh man, the energy of Christ is in me. I'm excited. And then you, you sit throughout the day, it kind of goes away a little bit, but by Monday, suddenly it's not as strong. And then Tuesday, it's kind of like you forgot about the sermon. And then Wednesday, you know, if you may have like a, a Bible study or something by then, and that usually kind of helps get you to the next step. But then the one thing that hasn't changed though, is that. Your lifestyle hasn't. You're still hanging out with the people that pull you into those sins that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, but I, I've known my friends for 20 years and I was brought up with it, and their family member. It doesn't matter. If they are not helping you practice walking with the Lord at home, they're not, you're not going to get better. And I understand there's people that may not be in godly families. But I'm just talking about people in general. Like, you can have friends in high school that are Christ loving people, and then you might have those friends you hang out that aren't encouraging to walk with the Lord. I know that. I was a kid, I was a young person at one point. I understand that. But guess what? You, your association can factor into that, it does affect you. And if you're more ashamed about saying that you're a Christian, there's things you need to work on because we're not supposed to be the shamed of the gospel message. You shouldn't be ashamed calling yourself a Christian. You should not be ashamed walking around and say, yeah, the reason I don't do that stuff. I don't get involved with that. I don't like looking at that. I I'm interested in just the one girl I'm dating or my wife. I'm not interested in all these women. See, there's a lot of choices that we've been given to make in situations that we can choose to either follow the flesh all the spirit and that is where it comes down to we can't come you can't come as you are if you have no desire to change change is needed following god with your whole heart is needed trusting and doing what god has commanded you through scriptures is needed if you're only feeling good on Sundays and then maybe into Monday and then suddenly it's back to the way it's always been, something needs to change. So come as you are, but come to change. Let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you move men today, that you just help them to grow, help them to seek you out, help them to see you clearly today in their life. If there is things that need to change in their life, Lord, I ask you to encourage to do it. It is hard sometimes to break habits, to break sins that they have been doing for so long that it's become a natural part of their life. Bring men into their lives that can help them keep them accountable. Help them to find a church that helps them walk upright. But Lord, they have to change their life to see change in their life. So I ask, Lord, you give them the courage to ask. And you give them the answers that they need to change. 
thank you, Lord, for all that you do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time. God bless.